Hello and welcome to the Ramblings of a Saints podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Lou. You can find me on Twitter at RamblingSaints7 and my personal Twitter at JohnLou13. Now, this is a very, very, very special episode. I'm going to call this one the Retribution. The Retribution podcast because I have a guest and it is a Wakefield fan. It is, it is down at Bellevue on Twitter, and it is Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Johnny. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> started well this, no. Um, where, where, where do you want to start, Matthew? Do you want to, do you want uh, to start the game today? How about that? I think that's why I started that intro so badly there, because I've, I've just got home from the game, really, and... I'm at a loss as to what to say. <laughs> um, the first half effort was fine, but again, no points. Um, and I think he went in 10 0 down at half time, is that right? Yeah. Or 12 yeah. 0. Only, only conceding two, which is okay. But the thing with our season, how it's gone, as soon as we're more than six down, the game's gone. <laughs> like, we're so, and we're you're six there down at, quite a lot. Yeah. And we, we sat there, at, um, well, stood there in the stand and I'm talking to people next to me and we're going, the game's gone, it's 10-0. I've never said that before, um, until this season anyway. But yeah, second half, they come out, score a try early and I turned to my friend that was stood next to me and I said, they're going to put, I said, they're going to put 40 on us to be fair. So they didn't, but weren't far off. Um, <laughs> Not far off at all. Far off at all. And, <clears throat> It's it's been the story of our season really, just collapsing. Like there's no confidence in that team and there's no quality in that team and um we're paying we're paying for what we deserve, really, based on, yeah. based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, so the reason I called it the Retribution Podcast is quite simple. Uh last year I I obviously put out a couple of tweets towards Wakefield and the club got a lot of lot of um back from some of your fan base I think <laughs> uh, a few a few batterings were threatened and I was I was I was happily in Munich at the time so luckily I missed the game and and it and it involved some plastic chairs now uh, these chairs have been infamous and I think the chairs should actually come back this year because I think they'd do a better job at supporting your club than the owners and coach are doing at the minute <laughs> Yeah, the world, the worldwide famous chairs, uh, they're known across the world now. Thanks, John. The worldwide, the yeah, wide yeah. world of Wakey. Yeah, worldwide Wakefield. Um, yeah, no, it's it's just proof that we're a massive club, really, that we just went viral for that. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, the the tweets were funny. I, you you know as well as I do, like when when it was all kicking off, we were having conversations, and, and I was I was finding it hilarious to be fair as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're right. I think I'd trust one of those dodgy chairs to do a better job yeah. um, coaching the players at the minute. Um, yeah, so let, let's <laughs> let's go straight to Applegarth. I said it was made that poaching was obviously leaving the club and you were being replaced by Applegarth. John Wilkin said, you know, very famously that he had no idea who the bloke was. He didn't know really what Wakefield were doing. He got a lot of abuse off the fan base 
um, of Wakefield at the time. I think maybe because of the arrogance of the way it was said on on, on rather than what was, he was actually saying. To jump Would in you there, agree or go on. I think I think with Wilkin, um, I can understand supporters of clubs not understanding why we why we've made that change. Um, from from stories that have been put out around Wakefield since is that poaching wasn't the best fit for the club and probably needed to change. Whether we should have gone for a different coach to Applegaff, probably yes, but the club do things on the cheap. With Wilkin, and I'm going to throw Jenna Brooks in there as well, um, it was it was more the, the, the way they treated that appointment. Right? Because if you look at the experience that Applegaff's got, it's, there isn't much difference in terms of his route through to Matty Pete, and I'm not comparing the two because clearly Matty Pete is, is a decent coach, but Matty Pete didn't even play professionally, I believe. So I don't know you did, no. No, so you've got a player that, albeit only played 40 Super League games for Wakefield and a coach mm-hmm. that hasn't played. And Also, was, neither, neither did Christian Wolf as well. No, no, exactly. Exactly. So the, it seemed to be quite a, a big club bias answer. Um, that Wilkie was saying and Jenna Brooks laughing along with him as well I think that's where a lot of the anger I guess from Wakefield fans because I, I wasn't best pleased with how they'd covered that like his job as a pundit is to be informing in my opinion and he didn't really add anything to that he just looked like he was taking the piss and I don't like John Wilkin anyway to be fair <laughs> but I, th- I think some of the stuff he says is a bit dodgy but um, yeah i I can under, like I say, I can understand someone like yourself saying poetry should have stayed um, and not understanding the appointment. But when it's someone in the media who yeah. needs to cover 12 teams, really, that's all they need to do. They need to cover 12 professional rugby teams. Professionally used slightly loosely, in our case. Um, and Castleford. And Castleford, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, in terms of that, I wasn't best pleased on how they, how they answered that question. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, that that's quite <clears throat> that, that that makes a bit more sense than what a lot of people on Twitter and a few of the forums. I, I, I don't know why forums exist still nowadays, but they do for some reason. Um, that's only quite like, the fans don't want you on Twitter. The forum yeah. fans don't like you. That's all it is. True. That's true. <laughs> it's, another fa- it's another fan base that doesn't want you on Twitter, Johnny. <laughs> Your own. Uh, well. Add, add to the collection of Featherstone, Keithley, Castleford, Wakefield, even Saints. Uh, <laughs> we'll throw them in there. But, no, but uh, all seriousness, I, I said when Applegarth was appointed that that would confirm your relegation. Um, and I think at the time, like you say, it, it was possibly a little bit too naive because I kind of didn't give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but the way I look at it is, like you said, is the coach, the ownership at Wakefield tend to do things on the cheap. Now, to me, it just seemed as an outsider that even even if they didn't think poaching was the right man for the job, blah, 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 sack him. But they've just brought in the, the, the guy who'll do it a bit less money, who's kind of, you know, yeah, he's... He'd done a fair bit of the club, but no one on the outside knew who he was. No one knew exactly what he could do. And and it just seemed to me like this is a club struggling and wanting to build for the future. 
And it just seemed to me like they didn't have the players for even... I don't even think Wayne Bennett could keep this team up with the ability it's got. And I think putting a novice coach in is kind of a bit... a bit a bit harsh when he hasn't got the recruits on the pitch too, especially after losing Lewis Murphy so early on, who is your main strike player for that team. Yeah, no, I I, I get that point. Um, I think I think any sort of coach that's had experience um, in, in the professional game or even in the championship, they would have been a, a smarter appointment. I said it at the time, Mark Applegarth as a person, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. Like he speaks well. Yeah. He's done great. Like he's the guy that brought through <laughs> Murphy. He's the guy that brought through um, Jallet and Crowder and, and and these players that have become super league. Yeah, players yeah. For him. Like he, and Sam Essay now. Like there are players coming through that have that are at Wakefield because of Mark Applegarth and he's working the youth set. Like we got to the youth grand final. Like we shouldn't be doing that. We don't have anywhere near the budget of the big teams and, and he's managing to get ourselves to a grand final okay they got beat by Wigan but Wigan's academy is probably one of the best if not yeah um, yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> I'm sure he's a lovely bloke but like the, the style of rugby that we're playing at the minute it, <laughs> it's it's one of the most boring awful turgy yeah like, go in yeah go on it's one man rugby, and and I get what you're saying about not even Wayne Bennett would keep us up, but I, I would I would honestly take a chance on someone now that that has a bit more of a an idea, expansion. yeah, just just someone that has done it. Like I, I I've been banging the drum for Craig Lingard for about three years, and I'll keep banging that drum that I just want him from Batley. Um, it's a risky one, but at least when you watch his teams, they they overachieve for the level that they're at, and that's yeah. the sort of coach that you need. Like, you need someone that's experienced at taking a team with zero budget and competing with the big teams. That's actually a, a really good um, suggestion, to be fair, because you can't really argue with the points you made. Going on about the, the style of play, when you guys came over to the Totally Wicked and I was sat with my dad at the time so I'd managed to get a ticket to sit next to him in the stand rather than being stood up, which... For Wakefield, that I'm quite glad for, because I said at the time that is the worst team I've ever seen play at the Totally Wicked Stadium. Well, Blind Tree Park beforehand, <laughs> but yeah, it, it it just seemed to me they had no sort of idea. The defensive structure was literally the worst I think I've ever seen. Saints were awful in attack, and I mean woeful. The amount of blown opportunities we had on your line and we only scored 38 points 38 points is a lot and your attack isn't firing that just sums it up it summed it up perfectly for me this Wakefield team it it it, it was shambolic and it was simple put like I know you didn't go the game but like I've seen us beat I've seen us put 50 points on Bradford and Wakefield were worse than that. Like it was shocking. And I, I from an outsider point of view, I can't see it getting any better. And I, I, I think there's a lot of frustration with Wakefield fans at the minute because yeah. of that. 
and it's been a club in decline for what must be the best part of five years now, realistically. Yeah, yeah because you you you've never really yeah it, it and and it's we've always said it we've always made that joke like this year's got to be the year they go down this year's got to be the year and they somehow even last year they looked down and out and it came to the Saints game and you just lost in in um, Golden Point and then you went on a bit of a streak that somehow made you stay up the season with London when it was I think 18 points you were level with them weren't you and and stuff like that and it's like it's just the, the thing about that 19 season um it was bad don't get me wrong it was it was shit but we like there was a lot of mitigating circumstances for that like we'd lost Johnston and we've lost we've yeah. lost the road we've lost a lot of players and I think people understood that it was a good team like that team bef- the year before I'd finished fifth like it was a, it was a half decent team that um but since then it's just been it's just been we've we've lost players and we've replaced them with players that aren't good enough anymore like we, we, we lost Sam Williams because we decided we we're going to play Liam Finn and Liam Finn was playing brilliant that year to be fair but then we replaced him with a 36-year-old Danny Brough and there was no sort of idea behind it and we'd bring Ben Reynolds in but play someone else at halfback instead and, and Ben Reynolds looked, looked well it was only against us like but he looked decent today <laughs> he did look um, decent with, when, with he, when the, Lee played us as well yeah, he's a good, he's a decent enough player. He didn't really get a chance with us, and it, it just seems to be from from that last couple of years of Chester to now, it's just been a managed decline. And to go back to Mark Applegarth, whilst I don't think he's the right man, I think he's a glorified PE teacher in terms of a coach. Um, I, I don't, I feel sorry for him that he's had. This, so do I. He's he's been thrown in the probably the deepest end of any pool. In, <laughs> it's in been dumped league. in the sea in the middle. With with rocks tied to his feet and gone, get us in that playoffs. Like that is, it was never going to happen. <laughs> um, like I got to the games with my grandparents, well, my granddad and his friend. They've been going since the glory days of the sixties, and, and they got to see Foxes and the the, the Brooks and uh, and the Rocky Turners of of, of the day. Um, and they also saw the eighties where Wakefield were abysmal. And I said to them on the way home. Where does this rank in terms of Wakefield teams? Because I, I knew I was coming on this. So where does this rank in terms of Wakefield teams that you've that you've seen over the years? I said this is the worst one by a distance. Yeah. And, they're, and they're, they've seen what 60, 60 years worth of Wakefield dross. Like to be the worst of, of our time is it's shocking. Like and they've seen they've seen you guys be relegated how many times? To be fair, not that many. Um, not, not, not in the grand scheme no, of things, but no. um, must be three or four, three, I'd say yeah, three times. Exactly. Yeah. So he's and then but, summed it up. Yeah, like when when people of that generation are at the ground and they're going, these these don't care. That that sticks with you because as a rule, generally in 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 RL, a lot of the fans that stick behind the team and get behind the team no matter what's going wrong even if you've lost 10 in a row are the older generation because they always think oh we've seen worse we'll still carry on it was worse in the 60s whatever yeah yeah even now like after today there's people in their 60s 70s 80s who were saying 
this is terrible. Something needs to change. And I think what sums it up best in terms of how the club is being managed right now, 10 minutes from the end of the game, a Tony's been brought back on after doing 13 minutes in the first half and done nine minutes at the end of the half. I'll tell you, I know you said you like yeah. him, but I, oh, that's I not good enough. I would drag him to St. Helens, never mind drive him. He's, he's the worst overseas signer I've ever seen at Wakefield. Um, he's that bad. Um, but the fans are booing him. They're booing Proctor going off. They they put security around the edge of the pitch, like we're going to come on and, and do something. I don't but think if, people care that much, to be honest now. No, and, I, and I, I truly believe that is coming from the ownership and his massive ego. Yeah, it has to be. Because, uh, like... When you're in a position where you've nilled five out of nine games, the fans know, A, it's not good enough, but B, they're just drained. drained. And when they're drained, they tend to not be violent and they tend just to go, well, here we go again. It's another, it's another bad thing. And especially when you know there's not going to be change at the top. Like I know Carter's leaving at the end of the year. But it, it just seems to me, like you said, it, it's this ego that they have. The the fact that they think this squad enough is good enough to even even challenge for 10th position, let alone the playoffs. The fact that they, they for years, have drained resources while putting none actually in to improve the team for the fans. Like Over the years, it's famous that you've never spent anywhere near the salary cap throughout the whole of Super League, even when the salary cap was a lot less. It's famous that when Sky was paying all the club's salary cap, barely half, and then pocketing the rest to go towards the new stadium. And it feels like, to me, it's just it's just been years and years and years of this strange, strange time of leadership for the club. And, and like the fans have never really got anything back from them. I don't know if that's true because it seems from an outsider that that's kind of what it looks like I, I think the, the first point you I'll have to make is when Michael Carter took over the club in 2012, 2013 yeah yeah the club was in the shit like serious. oh yeah yeah, yeah. they were being told because we'd been in administration two years before that before Glover took over that if we go in again it won't be Wakefield. They'll just get rid of us, like as a club. Not even to the Championship or League One. They're just yeah. going to bin, bin us out, and, and whatever happens, happens. So there was no way for us to go into administration and get someone else in. Carter had to take over it and pay all the debts. And he, and to his to his credit, he settled every debt that we had, and he he turned us from a team that, that had outrageous levels of debt. And the team wasn't good enough, and we were playing like we. How did you even get in that much debt, though? The previous chairman, um, he'd from all from all accounts, he had basically discounted all the tickets, fudged the numbers to make it look like there were more people in, not paid the tax uh, returns, not paid suppliers. Jesus. They, he'd he was a he was a con, he was a con man really, um, see, which never really got put out in the public because Carter just came in and cleaned it all up. So in his in his defence, the first three or four years of Carter, he had to do what he had to do, and he, and he yeah. did. And this is why I think some Wakefield fans still are fifty fifty on him. There are fans that that love him, and there are fans that hate him. And I'm sort of in the camp of I respect what he's done, but it's time for him to leave because 
the first the, you can't live off that three or four year period no. where you've where you've saved the club and then just go well I've saved it and look at the stamps like if if your team is rapidly falling down the league and, and you're not replacing players with quality and you're blaming the fans for not turning up and you're 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 making slide jabs at people and making stuff up uh, like the whole Chris Chester death threats thing it was it was made out to be a massive deal when it was just one fan on Twitter saying he wished he'd died, which obviously is wrong, and I'm not condoning yeah, that. Yeah. But to say he's been getting death threats and what have you, it, it just it felt like he was just trying to prove a point against the Wakefield fans. It beca- it's become very us and them, and a club like ours can't afford to be like that. It, it needs the fans. It's to a be, community club, isn't it? it? Needs to be on side if you're going to do anything, and it. I, I, I understand his reasons for wanting to leave now, but it's the right time. And, and I genuinely think he must be the biggest ego in, in all the chairmen in Super League. Yeah. Wow. I mean, to me, I, I knew he saved the club, but I didn't know it was that bad. But like you say, you can't just live off that legacy. You've got to build and you've got to build from there onwards. And as, as we've put on... Many a time, teams like Wakefield and Cass haven't. This is why they're both in the positions they are at the minute. Castleford have, I think, the oldest squad in Super League and they're only going one way and that's down. And they're just lucky that you're worse. They are, they are very, they're very lucky. <clears throat> that It's the same with Hull. Like Hull have got the same sort of issue. Yeah. They've got too many out of contract. But any other season... We'd probably compete with them if it was if it was last year's squad with last year's coaching. We'd probably compete with them, and it would be a relegation battle. But as ma- no matter how bad them two teams are this season, they will not be in trouble as long as we're playing like this with this coach. It, I, I I don't like being negative about my club. Like no one likes being negative about no. something they're passionate about. But it, it's just realism at this point, like. Anyone who's watching Super League can see that we're terrible. And there's always that little bit in me that's maybe we can. But that's that's out of hope of my own team rather than yeah. the fact. I know what you mean. And and it's funny because like it's like when you <clears throat> when you say like everyone in Super League knows how bad we're playing. Like even Sky do. Even Sky were looking for an excuse to pull one of your games out. I think it was the whole KR game where it was like, oh, they, they don't know if they can play there. We'll put these on instead. And it was like, as soon as the first opportunity they got to take you off the screens, they could. Um, which which I, I, think, I think they're looking for a good excuse for half of the cast games now that they've got scheduled. I think they're trying to do the same thing. So maybe maybe Sky might fund uh, Castleford to get some artificial pitch and then, then they've got, got an excuse to not do it. But from... from of the on-field stuff and and obviously your recruitment and all that sort of stuff is awful there is one positive and that is finally finally it looks like Bellevue is being redeveloped yeah. I don't know how long it's going to take to finish but it looks like it's being redeveloped I've, I've heard there is actually and you can you can see a stand now you can yeah. see you can see a phoenix rising from the ashes on that side of on that side of the the, the coin at Wakefield. So that must be a 
positive for your club, you must be, you must must put a smile on your face. T- to be fair, yeah, watching like being at the ground today, be a piss wall. <laughs> Johnny, the laws be a piss wall for you. We've actually saved it, and we're going to call it the Johnny Lou. <laughs> Just the Johnny Lou. That's all we're going to call it. Um, yeah, no. With many, many a picture of my face on your vinyl at Wakefield. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a target for people to pick, to aim at. <laughs> um, like, watching watching that dross today, like I stand quite close to the to the new stand, and it is the only thing that you look at and think, well, at least at least we'll have the nicest ground in the championship. Like, <laughs> nicest stand in the championship. Let's not <laughs> no. go too far. No, no. Have you seen? Witness is a lot better as a ground. <laughs> yeah, but the place. Well, um, <laughs> I've been with this for years, to be fair. Um, but that's um, get at least you get a lot of nice local away days. All them, all them teams, especially if Featherstone flap it again. You know, you've got you've got a lovely little local area you can go around. Lots of that, teams in West Yorkshire there, and I, I live in. I live in a place called Murfield, which is like sort of 20 minutes out of Wakefield. But there's also, it's, it's in between Batley and Dewsbury. So I've got both yeah. of them. To, they're, they're ideal. I can get to Halifax fairly quickly. I can get to Keithley fairly quickly. Bradford fairly quickly. I think I actually might prefer it, to be fair, for the petrol. <laughs> think of the positives. It's all about positivity now. It's not about the present with Wakefield. You've got to think of next year when you can save on your petrol prices because because everywhere's local. Because as we know, West Yorkshire doesn't move with the times, and and it and, and, and the championship the championship is just West Yorkshire plus a few others. Yeah. So uh, plus, plus Swinton and Oldham. Which, yeah. Of course, it gets really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the and, only way I want to do is London. <laughs> <laughs> Paying sixty quid a ticket for a train. <laughs> so, and and also you'll get to go visit the lovely Odsall Stadium. Iconic, iconic. iconic. Yeah, I I actually can't believe that there is a worse ground than Bellevue, and that is Odsall. It's awful, <laughs> isn't it? I, this is. I just enjoy the fact that. No matter what we do, Bradford have done it worse. And it, it, oh, that does... Yeah. They have a weird rivalry. They can, they can have their Super League trophies, but, you know... At least your owners, you know, aren't laughing at the fan base. They're, they're secretly laughing at the fan base. They're not, they're not doing it out in yeah. the open. Yeah. No, I think... We, with Bradford, like at least I'll never have to go watch like Wakefield play Hemel in a league game. Like that, that would be the all-time low. If that ever happens, I think I'd struggle to go to that one. Yeah, and it's funny being like a Saints fan as well, talking to uh, a fan at the opposite end of the table. Although we are actually closer to you than than you think at the minute on the on the league table, we're eighth. Um, but obviously, we've had. Four years ever for our club, and you've potentially had four of the hardest. Uh, what's the word? 
years of the club because really it's been the past two years, especially really hard fought relegation battles. 2019 was, and and it seems like tell tell these moaning Saints fans that are annoyed at the minute. Tell them what it's actually like to be a fan of a club that's in in an utter decline. Put it put it this way. I woke up this morning and my first thought was I'm gonna have to go to Wakefield today. I'm gonna have to go. Like there isn't there isn't any hope. I was walking into the ground against Lee. Let's not forget it. It's not like we we're playing Leeds or Wigan or Saints today or Warrington. We were playing Lee, the team that had just got promoted. That should be no matter how bad Wakefield are. A game at home against the team that's just been promoted should be a game where I'm going thinking we can get two points here. I've gone into that ground today thinking if we get beat by less than 20, I can call it a success. <laughs> so when when you're moaning about going to an inform Hull KR and they do a job, which we've with no honest, pack, with no with pack, no, with no pack. Just remember, there is a team playing with a prop forward who does 20 minutes a game and does one good carry and gives away three penalties. A 35-year-old second rower from New Zealand who's over here five years too late. George Tafua, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> well, he's, he's, a, he's a tall centre and they put up a highlights compilation of his biggest hits. What are you on about? A tall winger and <laughs> winger centre. He, he, he does big tackles every now and again that would be a red card over here, so it didn't matter anyway. Well, to be fair, today, today they've put a bomb up. I think it must have been Briscoe, and Tafu has gone through him, and it was the most beautiful thing I've <laughs> I, I, I said to my friend, I was like, I have waited a year to see George Tafu do that to someone. That's all I've been waiting for from him. He's yeah, he joined he's... halfway through last year, didn't he? Yeah, it got. I mean, he got injured against St. Helens uh, um, at home and missed, like, we played him for two games. Ah, that's good. We brought a winger to save his season. He's injured. Classic. But it's, <laughs> it's like Will Dagger today. Will Dagger, we brought him in in a swap. Yeah, he had a day. pretty stinker. Well, it wasn't really a stinker, to be fair. He, he looked solid under the ball and that, but we brought him in, swapping him for probably our highest potential player in, in top, Corey Top scorer. And top side scorer on two still. <laughs> and he's in his third game, he's gone off injured. <laughs> so we're back to having no fullback. <laughs> oh no, did he get injured today? <laughs> yeah. This is this no. is this this is what I mean. Like your your fans are moaning that you've lost a couple of games after winning four in a row. I've had to watch us play how many games are we on? Nine? They're, they're all blending into one now. Played nine games and I think we've played with eight different spine combinations. So shit. <laughs> it, it's just it as top try scorer we left three weeks ago and two tries and we've still not overtaken him. So another point. Oh <laughs> it, going off that point. Twelve halves out of eighteen. Five games out of nine. So obviously the attack is awful. Um, as as I said before, your Lewis Murphy is out, your your main strike player. 
Um, can you? How many? Can I have a prediction? How many games are you going to be nilled in if if a Applegarth is still the coach to the end of the year, and b you don't sign anyone? If, because if we don't. Go on. Go on. Sorry, mate. What were you? What were you saying? Uh, because because the points from this Wakefield side so I just want to know how like do you reckon you'll, you'll carry on this form and it'll be two thirds of the season being nil yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I made a joke can you get to double finger, double figures nilling by the end of the year because yeah, continue um, the way we're going yeah um, I, I was having a joke with the uh, Wakefield Trinity Heritage podcast earlier um, yeah I'd put that we've been nilled five times and someone put at least you've got that record I said we're going for the all-time record which I thought was seven for some reason turns out it's 14 but if we oh you mean oh, you mean of top yeah yeah okay yeah top flight rugby league the all-time record is 14 so um, if we keep getting nilled for the next nine blocks we get five and we get blocked that's 15 nillings if we don't change anything we will be the, the worst side in rugby league top flight history never mind Never mind Super League, top flight since 1895 history. <laughs> That's awful. I think you're averaging 5.5 points a game. Then you scored 24 points in. So that's it. it it's not only looking good, it's looking disastrous for the club. And. <clears throat> Look good for the whole of Super League as well. I don't think. Um, for some reason, my camera's gone funny. One sec. Um, so I really don't. Don't. Um, what's going on? Um, I just don't get. I, I, I just don't get. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't get what what happens for me, and, and like the rest of Super League is obviously. It's a bummer for them because it doesn't look good when you're having one team getting tonked every single week. Like you don't see that in necessarily the Premier League. You don't see one team being tonked six, seven nil every single week of the season. You don't see that in in any sport. Like apart from rugby league, because obviously we've got the West Tigers and the NRL also doing a good job. They got two points this week. That's just because they had a bye. Um, you 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 haven't even got that to hope for. <laughs> I think I think at this rate that donut is coming. You might, get, you might get lucky and face a team that's you know maybe got a Challenge Cup semi final. Like that, I think that is your only hope at the minute, which is really really quite depressing. <laughs> as as an outsider, let alone being a fan of the club. I don't even disagree. Um... I, I genuinely thought his only chance to win a game this season was Castleford. Um, just I, th- I thought they've 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 been just as bad as us, but they made lo- us look poor. Um, but on a, on a positive note for you, well, be bottom on zero points, but Hull FC have conceded more points than you. That's a positive. I, I think so. I think the points difference is slightly better, but. Yeah. <laughs> But they've still conceded more than you, so yeah, they 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 look they look weak. Like I feel like we could maybe maybe hoping 
we could get a result against them, but because I think that's a Sky game, that's another one where won't surprise me oh, if the Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that they've picked the game. But they, but... they have to play that because that's a relegation decider, surely. So they have to play that on. There's no decider about it. <laughs> Hull will, will stay up. They've got the finances if they need it to go out and sign up. That's also true. They, they might do a Wigan in 2007 and just pay yeah. stupid Watch money it. for stupid players. and Cheat. <laughs> yeah, cheat the system, basically. They may well do. They, they should have gone down that year. Me and my, my best friends are cast on somehow. Um, and we talk about that because that was the year of the million pound game. And it shouldn't have been a million pound game that year because Catalan finished bottom and they were rightly exempt. And um, Wigan should have been second bottom. Mm. <laughs> so it shouldn't have even been anything to do with Wakefield and Castleford. But um, no, we've got to send them down. So I've still got that to cling on to, you know. Really. Yeah, that was so, true, that. I'd forgot all about that because that was like, they, yeah, they had a decider, didn't they? It was, the, it was the, season. the most tense game I've ever been to at Bellevue until the Bradford won in 2015. Like, it, it's um, it's not an easy life. Like, it's taken years off my life. I'm, I'm pretty sure it has. <laughs> I said that about being a Saints fan with all these late victories and finals, but this, this is a complete different spin. This is like, future of club worthy really and, and yeah. going on to next year right this year's done dusted let's think hypotheticals let's think you've gone down um where's your key points for improvement because obviously you'll have a lot of players leaving oh, you'll have a lot oh. of players staying as well um where what would you like the club to do in terms of not just coaching, but in terms of um, playing, uh, playing roster as well. Like, like, what, what would you? Who would be your ideal signing for the championship, and who would be your? Don't just say all of them. Who is like? <laughs> who is the player that you are most happy to see leave at the end oh, of the season? Okay, yeah. Um, I think there's. there's... Out of the current squad, I'll put, I'll put a bit of a twist on that as well. Out of the current squad, I'd, I genuinely believe there's two players that could get a contract in Super League elsewhere. Genuinely, that is, oh, three actually. Um, who, who are them three? Uh, Jai Whitbread, um, Kalepi, and Mason Lino. They're the only three players I believe that are good enough to play in Super League consistently week in, week out. Okay, I agree with that. Um, the, the three that I would, I would drive them. Wherever, well, I'm driving to like the airport or the sea or wherever. I'm not bothered. Um, Tony, who's he's won. Tom Lynham, he's he's a joker. Ridiculous that he's getting. I can't him. believe you signed him, mate. Let alone three year that. deal. Three year deal he's on. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll make it four. Kevin Proctor and uh, Lee Gaskell. Yeah, he's poor. Okay. He's a championship quality player, and I think I think he would actually be a good player to keep for the championship. Um, but I can see where you're coming from it with the other three, especially from what you've said. The anyone, uh, I'm happy to put. My, my head on the sword for this 
And and I will say that if he went to any other club, I think he'd have been a good signing. But I've obviously not seen what you guys have seen week in, week out. Um, but I'm only going off based off what I've seen in both the New South Wales Cup and when he played for the Roosters, which he always did a solid job for. And apparently yeah. his 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 attitude is is like highly highly like praised over there as well. So like the fact that this is what's coming out of like Bellevue really uh really surprises me with him. I think with I think with a Tony, um I don't know if he had it in his head that it would be a lot easier than it is. Mm. Um, well, we've seen that with a lot of overseas players, don't we? Yeah, that, that, that's that's the only thing I can think of as to why he's not performing at that level. But from what I've seen, like today, for example, he played 13 minutes from the start as a prop forward. That is that is below par for any prop forward, even if you're an impact forward. Sam Cassiano does more for Warrington. Yeah. Um, when when he's in that 13 minutes, he's carried the ball four, five times. One of them runs made meters. In that, Jeez. in, in the defense, he's also tried throwing the ball about in his own half when we're at nil nil. Oh, when you're at nil nil nil, I was going to say when you're like when you're like twenty nil up, fair enough. But twenty yeah. nil down or whatever, fair enough. Yeah, he, he he got the ball, he ran to the line, and he passed it along the line, and no one's there because he's a prop forward and he's meant to carry the ball on pecking tackle. Um, so he's done that. In defence, the first the first carry of the game, he's absolutely taken someone's head off. He's offside all the time. I've I, I've seen some awful players at Wakefield because we don't get the pick of the bunch. Like no, hence why you've got Kevin Proctor. See, Kevin's every single every single no no I know that but every single what I mean is every single club turning down, no one wanted him and you've literally been left with. The, the last man, really. You know, like, the, his, his only option that he had over here. Yeah. So, that's what I meant by that, rather than... Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. And with with him and Tony, they both got booed off when they got substituted off. That You don't see that in rugby league. Like, no, no matter how bad someone's been, you, you don't tend to get booed off when you're getting interchanged. But when Tony went off, in the first half, there were cheers from the north stand that he was going. <laughs> like I, I've seen some, I've seen some puddings play for Wakefield, and puddings put it nicely. If you ever want to know, Jared Hickey is the biggest yeah. I've ever seen on a rugby pitch. I've seen Liam Higgins play for Wakefield. Both of them look like Origin level players compared to a Tony. Genuinely. Wow, he's. He, I don't get what's going wrong with him. Whether he just doesn't want to be here, probably that. But yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that being a reason. If um, that's the case, then we we can't afford to carry him, and he shouldn't be playing. If that's the case, well, and it, it's 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 funny, like because you say about like you know we shouldn't be playing him. At uh, the minute, there's rumours at, at the Saints camp that after the whole KR game, kind of <clears throat> the the. The coaching staff have sort of said, look, you know, we, we, we can't keep carrying you. We're going to have to make big decisions about team selections. And with the the good thing about Saints is we've got quite a big squad and a big youth set up. 
Um, I don't know how sort of Wakefield is with your squad depth. So do you feel like the players also think, well, you know, I'm I'm not going to be dropped as well? Is, is the competition for places still there? The thing about it is, we've, we've brought in this, uh, Nathan Mason from Huddersfield on loan. Yes. Well, it's basically Huddersfield. But we've brought him in for two weeks. OK, he didn't look like he was at his fitness, but again, he's he's not played, but I think he'd have done more minutes than a Tony would have done. Sam Essay, who for me is probably our most aggressive prop forward, even at 19 years old, and looks, looks willing to carry the ball and, and put himself about, which I think we need right now. He's getting dropped for a Tony. There's... There's try to think who else there is now. Um, Josh Borden's just come back from injury, but he did more minutes. Uh, he's been out since August last year, and he Jeez. looked he looked fine. He, like it's there is players that can come in and do the job. We've sent Rob Butler to Bradford, and he's no worse than a Tony, but he can't even get in Bradford's team. I've I've seen them both this year come on at the same time, and Butler's put himself through a bit. And yet we're still relying on this this guy from Australia who doesn't who doesn't care. And when you're watching the team, you you look at it and you think none of them, not really, none of them give. Yeah, the, I I seen I, that, I mentioned before the podcast. I seen that um, Lachlan Lamb try, and it was after a twenty meter tap, wasn't it? And then they pass it to Josh Charnley, and the defensive line just he he just ran through a gap. Charlie and you just seen Eddie back. He just go <sighs> turn round and chase back. Like you seen him sigh, and it was like th- there was no sort of there was no sort of um, eagerness to get back as well. There was no sort of eagerness to get into the, that defensive line and defensive structure. I think it was O'Brien could just pick up the ball and round tapped it, and off they went. It was like it was like it was or an exhibition game for Lee at times from some of the highlights. And that that's that's the saddest part of it. And it's like you said, like you were in the playoffs what, twenty seventeen? Yeah. Was it? When yeah. when and then Cass was obviously doing amazing at the same time and, and both teams are now still not built on from that period. I don't, I don't really want to talk about twenty seventeen to a St Evans fan because of Scott Griggs. I'm still not over it. What <laughs> <laughs> where, where he fails to boot that ball dead and Johnny Lomax scores. I'm still I'm still bitter about it now. We're six years on. I I, I hate Mate, that moment. Don't talk to me about that 2017 season. The fact that that semi-final against Cass that is been the good. biggest robbery <laughs> I've ever I've ever witnessed. The fact that that drop goal was allowed to stand. Talk about block. We got we got we got. Blocking penalty against us in that World Cup challenge for a drop goal. We're not missing. No one moved. There was about four Saints players being blocked off in that semi-final. So I don't want to talk about that 2017 bloody game either. And I've still not forgiven that Ian Morgan. <laughs> How am I getting more angry than you? <laughs> no, that the, the thing is as well because you've beaten us to go there, and then we went. I think we went to Hull the week after and we got robbed there because he missed a blatant uh, ball steal and we, we lost, drop goal, hit the post and lost. Um, 
So we'd absolutely bottled it in, in the two games. <laughs> and it obviously it would have turned out that we were playing cast. And I know you've got your massive, massive rivalry with, with Wigan. And and there's obviously the Hull derby, but the cast Wakefield derby is probably the third biggest in Super League as the table stands right now. There is genuine hatred there. Like we, there yeah. is hatred between that, these two fan bases. And if that was a semi-final to go to the grand final, I'd have been I'd unreal. Been carnage. Like especially two clubs like like your your guys obviously play finals quite a bit. If it's us versus them, first final for however many years. Jesus, I'd have been bedlam. <laughs> There'd have been some arrests in that city. <laughs> I'm not that a violent. I'm not a violent person, but I I genuinely think I would have probably been arrested that night if that was. In <laughs> some do as well. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, but yeah. So, who's someone you'd like to see join the club? Who would be Who would be something that that you'd go? You know what? We've lost ninety percent of our squad. We've lost Mason Lee. You know our only real. Shining hope, we've lost the Gaskell. Thank God. But you know who who one player that you like. You know what? We're down, but there'll still be a bit of hope. Who would who would you like to retain? That's that's actually got potential to be retained. Um. Yeah, obviously not mentioning the 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 players that are obviously going to move on and try get contracts elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like. Lee Kershaw, he's a championship winner, so and I love him. He's a little bald eagle. He's fantastic. He's just he just puts so much graft in, even if he's not very good. Yeah. Um, I'd like Lee Kershaw. Uh, I'd I'd like us to try keep Jordy Crowder and be the captain, um, because he's got the passion for the club, and I feel like you need that in the championship a little bit. Um, and I I don't know. If we lost the rest of them, I'd be fine. Jay Pitts, maybe, for a bit of experience. Yeah, I um, think Pitts would be quite a good one to keep. He's he's still a, he's still a solid player. Like he, He's probably... He's a workman, second rower. Like You can have your flair players, but if you just want someone that's going to stand in the line, tackle, make a few metres, that is Jay Pitts. He doesn't miss yeah. He's quite durable. So, them three. In terms of new additions, I've already yeah. said his name, but I, I want Craig Lingard in charge. Um, and I want, yeah. base, I want him to basically just build that Batley team that got to the final with some added spice. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of added spice. Yeah, we'll just we'll take yeah. we'll take we'll have in fact not Dale Martin. He can piss off. Um, I've got traumatic issues with Dale Martin in Castleford. Um, yeah, I'd like Tom Gilmore at halfback. I think I like him in the championship. Yeah. Um, Gilmore would be a good one, actually. I think he's a solid championship player. He knows how to guide a team around, and he's got good experience as well. Matty Fossard, maybe hooker from from Witness. I don't think he'd come, but he's a sort of mongrelly hooker. I think we need. I like how you're naming lots of former Saints Academy lads as well. (laughs) Two, the last two were 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 Saints Academy lads, so we'll we'll take that. Yeah, (laughs) I'm trying to think of someone else now. you can you can keep Ash Ashurst as well if you want another another I, thought. I think he's. I, I'll be honest. I think he's. I think his legs are done, um, which is a shame to have Ash, but it, he's he's given eight eight years of 
service, but he's not the right pick for captain either, to be fair. But I just, yeah, I just he's just not he's he's quiet. He, he's unassuming. He, he does his job well, but he's not someone that's going to fire people up. No, I mean he, he he's one of them. He was a, I think he got dream team two years on the bounce, but. I was just Googling then how old he was because I couldn't remember. Like, I knew he'd be getting on a bit, but I didn't know what's because I knew it. I think it, I, all Max came in at around the same period, and a lad called Dean, um, Riley Dean, was it? Who played for Winners? Chris, 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 Chris Dean, that was it. He played at Wakefield as well. Yeah, he did, didn't he? I remember that now. So, uh, so like, they all came around the same era. Yeah, I, uh, I remember. I remember going to. A, I think it was the grand final where Burrow ripped Richie apart. I think he won like all the Harry Sunderland award. Um, not but I think you had Shenton in the centre, and you were you were playing all right until Shenton went off. Um, yeah. Uh, Gaskell Lomax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Gaskell Lomax. Was in that one or the, or the? Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was that one or it was um, the Wigan one where where Shenton oh, was. No, the the 2010 one that we lost. I, I knew ah. Shenton played for us in 10-11. I couldn't remember which games was the one that he broke his arm and which one wasn't. But I think it was yeah, 10-11. I think it was now. Because I just remember, I always remember that game. Um, I went with because I was only like 30, no 14 at the time, and uh, my mum and dad were like, we're not going another grand final because we lost four on the bounce. Line. We're not going. We're gonna watch it on telly. I was like, please, can I go? So my sister was going with her mates on the coach because she could like have a bed and that. So she was, she was going with them. So she was like, well, just you can come with us if you want. That was the that was the first day I had my first beer. That that game because because uh, he wouldn't because <laughs> they, they had cans of pop that were pound fifty or a pint of beer was three pounds. They were like John. We're only buying you a beer. We're not buying you any. I was like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> that was the first time he had a beer. It was <laughs> fourteen because it was a. Uh, it was cheaper than a can of pot. <laughs> Makes but, yeah. Makes sense. So, to finish on this point, you know, I am Derek Beaumont's biggest fan. Now he is like the complete opposite to what your owners were. Your uh, he they came in and saved the club, and you know that's why a lot of Wakefield fans respect, you know, your Carter and everyone for <clears throat> for saving them. Now Derek Beaumont is kind of the opposite. Dave Carter's got the biggest ego, but I, I don't think he has. I think that's still Derek, because um, who'd rebrand the club because they're like big cats? I mean, you know, you've got to have a big <laughs> ego for that, haven't you? So anyway, seen he always out the pram, got funding the club, nearly liquidated the club as well, trying to put it up on the market for sale, and now obviously he's pumping money into the club. There was a lot of players, players that didn't get paid, and you know didn't get paid what they were properly owed, and they had settlements and that. Um, what's it like? complete opposite situation to that. So he's nearly liquidated them and now they're flying high and a lot of fan base have forgiven him. Do you feel like it's the opposite? So you, like you mentioned before, are kind of fed up with him at the minute. Do you think the other fan base are still forgiving him for saving 
the club. Whereas, yeah, Lee, Lee, a lot of Lee fans are happy to forget that he ever did that to the club. And for me, if I was a club, say Eamon and the Coleman brothers pulled out all funding at Saints because we didn't make the playoffs this year, so they went, right, we're liquidating the club. We're, we're, we're not going to do anything. And then the council stepped in and go, right, well, if you don't, we're kicking you from the stadium. Um, like, like, I don't think I could ever forgive my chairman, no matter how high of a position they are. So, like, I, I just want your opinion on the on the opposite end of the spectrum as someone who now is fed up of the ownership, but they did save the club. Yeah, we. <laughs> When I called Ego the biggest, uh, when I called Carter the biggest ego, I completely forgotten about Derek Bowman. He, he, I can't believe that someone would rebrand their entire club because you like a jacket from Dolce and Gabbana. It's mental. <laughs> it is mental. Um, I don't think I could forgive if if that was my club. I don't think I could come trust him, and if. If Wakefield were in a position now, say Beaumont, tomorrow just decides, right, I've done enough here, I'm leaving. Not that he would, but I'm leaving. Someone else is in charge. I'm going to buy Wakefield. I'd be very scared of someone like Beaumont coming in. I, I don't... It, we get a lot of stick at Wakefield for being quite... Um, running running within his means and, and being able to control the finances that we do have. Um but self-sustainable is the word I was looking for there. Self-sustainable, <laughs> um, yeah. That's the word. I, <clears throat> I would rather that, and I'm not saying that I, I wouldn't like a sugar daddy, because like, who who wouldn't, you know? Like, look at oh, yeah. field. Like, it, it's the dream, isn't it, to have a, a man that's just going to pump money in the club because he loves them, and that's it. Yeah. But I would, I would rather have someone like Carter, who's fiscally responsible, as much as I don't agree with it, I'd rather have that big cat Derek. Yeah, and I think that's always a always a valid point. And um, Derek's actually won me a little bit over this weekend with his tweets to Nick Fozard. And um, this is a big part of our game at the minute because of this court case. <clears throat> and I feel at first when it was announced, I was like, okay, fair enough. They want to get they want to get a bit of compensation because of this. But the more I looked into it, the more <clears throat> players I'm seeing. Goulding, for example, being on this. Um, this is a this is a man who was so drugged up, he crashed his car, nearly killing himself, and now he's suing the sport because of it. He went into boxing after rugby, and yet it's rugby league that's caused dementia. It's rugby league's fault. Um, I don't think the players realise, I think Nick Fozar tweeted about the insurance companies paying for everything. I don't think a lot of these people realise that clubs like below Super League and Wakefield and Castleford included that haven't got these cash-rich owners that will pump money in, their insurance premiums year on year are going up, 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 every year anyway, with more sports science going into it. And I don't think they realise how much they're taking out of the amateur game upwards and Rugby league is a sport that is so financially strapped as it is. And this case could theoretically 
open the doorway to the end of our sport. Um, I just want to know, like, where do you stand on the whole situation? Because I, I, I thought Derek was, you know what, normally very, <coughs> um, what's the word? Yeah, I really know what he's going to say. I actually yeah. think he, I think he, he was well within his means, and he actually, he actually was well done in how he worded a lot of his tweets as well. It, and um, and yeah, I want to know your thoughts on the current compensation claim that's going on. Um, <clears throat> I think with with anything, obviously, like this, you've got to kind of. I understand that the players that are doing it are trying to do it to support their family, but I I just Nick Fozard's obviously the biggest example of it right now because he's he's probably the most high profile name that's that's coming out about yeah. it as well as as well as Bobby Golden. Um, but if you look at Nick Fozard as a player and it's been pointed out this week, the bloke the bloke made a living off bashing people in the head with a big with a big cast on his arm. That was his career. And he played at Wakefield, and he played at Castleford. And Saints. And, and Saints, yeah. But he, he knows how, how these clubs are run, the, the Wakefields and Castlefords of the world. He knows yeah. that the cash isn't there. And he's either just very stupid, or he's just doing it for a quick buck, in, in my opinion. I, I don't... Obviously, it's sad that he's having this, this debilitating... <coughs> I agree. Absolutely. And I hope he's getting all the care in the world, but you're not seeing players that have been at the top of the game and made a lot of good investments and you wouldn't I don't think you'd see Jamie Peacock doing this and Jamie Peacock was someone that would take a fair few hits around the head James yeah. Graham James Graham another one who's come out and said James he's, he's uh, sense listen to his podcast and he talks so openly about it and he goes I chose to play this sport I knew what I was getting into I knew that I'd have complications every single player that plays rugby league knows that when I was 13 and I was, you know, playing rugby, I decided everyone was getting bigger than me. I wasn't getting wider. And I, I also wasn't the greatest, but I loved the game. And I just decided, yeah, it's probably not for me, this sport. I wish I carried on, but I didn't. Um, and and kind of, I made an other decision to go, yeah, I'm probably going to get hurt and I'm probably not going to like this. So these players knew that. They, they knew kind of, how it could potentially hurt them later on in their lives. A lot of them made, especially Nick Fozard, made a lot of money from their careers. And it's like you say, like those that invested wisely on on this case, I don't think, like you don't see Kyle Amor going on this case. You don't see, like you say, Jamie Peacock. You don't see Rob Burrow. Cause Keith Mason. The, 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 Keith Mason as well. You don't see players like that, and and there is research going into M and D at the minute that you know high contact sports may actually cause a, an increase into the chances and likelihood of M and D. And I'm saying this from someone whose family has been affected by M and D as well. I've got me me, me sister's <coughs> dad, and um, well, the half sisters, but not my sisters. He he died of M and D before I was born. He was my dad's best mate, and. And seeing videos, old videos of the disease and how it affects them, and it's like it's like you, you don't see 
you don't see them coming out and going, well, maybe rugby had something to do with this. It, it's sometimes just a matter of luck. You know, you, sometimes it is a matter of bad luck. Obviously, with head injuries, it's different. And, and it can, just seems to me like they're, they're just not doing it. it. They're not doing it by looking at the, the, the effects on the lower leagues and the amateur clubs. They're looking at it as... It's only the insurance company's money. That just means that the insurance premiums for them amateur clubs that develop the future of our sport, that, de- that invest time, money into the sport, they then can't put that money elsewhere through other means. They can't expand the game into other areas. They can't get more kids being involved in rugby league because they haven't got the money to promote it. And, and, and it's quite sad that a lot of these players are being so naive in what they're doing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's uh, I just I just feel like it's it's going to cause more damage to the sport, and I, I just don't believe for one second that Mick Fozard played rugby league as a kid and didn't think he was going to get hurt, especially with the style of player that he is. Like I just don't believe that narrative, and it's going to no. open up a, it's going to open another can of worms up in, in terms of. His tweets saying that he he maliciously went for players when he was playing, that's going to cause another set of issues down the line. I think where yeah. players are, players are suing players for things that happened in the game, it, it, it's just going to end up. It's <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's like um, I always remember when Lance Wire retired after obviously the Ben Flower incident, which without a doubt said at the time Ben Flower should never play the sport again, and the fact he was allowed to, I really think was a big, big mess up on the RFL's <clears throat> on the RFL's um, disciplinary proceedings because it was an out and out the most brutal attack our sport was, has ever seen. I was I was um, there too, and it was it was horrible. Life, I couldn't believe uh, what I've seen. And 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 the fact that he was allowed in, uh, allowed back in the sport despite having a punishment could actually be utilised in the case, in my opinion, because it gives them to kind of go, well, the authorities don't actually care because this this cut short, granted only by, you know, six months or so, but it cut short a rugby league international's career. It, it has caused him a lot of <coughs> post, um, post, you know, incident um, effects. He still suffers with headaches to this day fast migraines um, and at the time it was I think the Sun published that when Lance left Saints he left Saints under a cloud because there was reports from the player that he asked the club look I need some time off and Cunningham basically went you know um, whether that's true or not I don't know because we were vastly short on halfbacks at the time because of injuries and stuff Um and then that's when he just went, right, well, I'll retire. And then there was a whole sort of cloud of, is he going to sue the club? Is he going to sue a player or whatever? <clears throat> and he ended up, I think he ended up looking into it, but dropped it. And and he came out, I think, was it 2021 or 2020? No, 20... <clears throat> what, what, one year he put out on Instagram when Saints was in the grand final and he went... Um, or maybe in 2019, actually, because he, he put um, so, so many years to this day, the incident happened, 
and then he put a big apology to the town and he was like look he was like i left the club on in under a cloud and i apologize and he was like <clears throat> on about how um some of the comments that had made it into the press were he, he'd like to apologize for it because of the um his post might still be on instagram but he was on about like you know potential legal action and he was like i was wrong to even think about exploring them avenues <clears throat> you know it it it, it it was kind of, it's just part and parcel of the game, and even though it was an attack. And I just feel like these players sort of need to take that in, inspiration from Lance himself. This is a player who's lived his, lived his whole career playing at the highest level. And, um, and now, he, now he's got a career post-playing career. And it's like, you wouldn't see him being jumping on this 100 former players. And, and and it's just it it, it just to me it, it seems like it's players trying to make a quick buck. And I know he says oh, I'm trying to help my family, like when I'm no longer here. But at the end of the day, how much has rugby league already helped your family at the minute anyway? And given you, like if you'd have invested that money wisely, would you now need this? I mean, it's going to cost the sport millions and millions and millions of pounds, not just in compensation if they win the case but in solicitors fees in everything else it's going to cost hundreds of thousands of pounds and that money could just be going to other aspects and and it's quite disappointing from a fan yeah no i agree and i do believe that rugby league as a general sport does need to improve its its sort of post career care yeah well big as, time as well as as well as um you know the punishments dished out for head injuries and, and things like that. I, I do believe yeah. we do lack, like even compared to the NRL. I think with like in in the NRL, I believe they've got two years after they retire to to get every operation done paid for by yeah yeah yeah. NFL, uh, the NRL, sorry, not not American football. Yeah. Um, but we don't seem to have anything like that over here. So there's players that are coming out of professional game damaged and <laughs> unfit to work. It's and I, I can I don't agree with it, but I can see why these players that are damaged are trying to get a quick book because yeah, yeah. Uh, and I do think they've, they've made strides, but from from a Wakefield players uh, supporters' point of view, in the lockdown season, Tom Johnston kept getting concussions every every other week, and we'd take him out for a week, and he'd be fine, so we put him back in, and he'd get another concussion. And it got to the point where he'd had about three or four concussions in the space of six months. Uh, and you, you're looking and you're thinking, even, even as a Wakefield fan, and I'm thinking, he is our best player. He's probably, I know you probably disagree, but for me, he was the best winger in the no, season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was up there. Yeah, there's, there's two in there. Still is. Still Johnson. is. Um, but what, what I mean is, even as a person that knew that we would be detrimentally affected by him dropping out of the team, I was thinking this this kid is twenty five years old. We need to protect him for his for his personal well being. And I think we even since then we've moved on a little bit and we protect the players a little bit more with this twelve day rule, but there's still a long way to go in terms of Super League really taking it seriously. Um also comes down to money, but you've also got things like the RFL benevolent uh, I can never pronounce that word. Benevolent fund 
which obviously helps players that have been suffered long-term injuries. It's not much. But like <clears throat> Paul Clough, for example, had a few shoulder operations. and I think he gets a set fee every month from the Benevolent Fund. You've got players that get that, but that's a charity as well. Um, but like you say, with, with the concussions and with Tom Johnson, we've seen it this week with Matautia when he got that concussion against Wigan. That was his second one in three weeks. So now he's out for a good couple of weeks. Um, rightfully so as well, despite the fact that we've got no pack. Like I'd happily see him sit out till after the international break and not play against Warrington. Um, just, for, just for his own personal safety. You see it in the NRL. Kalen Ponga, he's been ruled out for the season. Um, well, indefinite, but at the end of last year, he got ruled out for the rest of the season. This year, he came back, got two head knocks in two successive games. That was like his fifth one in 12 months. So, it, over there, if you have five in 12 months, you're ruled out for the rest of the season. So, it, you know, there's that. So, like, over here, we could introduce maybe and incorporate a rule, something similar. Um, which I can see definitely happening now that now the court case is in. I know we've got the 18th man rule, which is finally coming over here because that's yeah. taken so long to come in. And and like the NRL introduced it the back end of 2020, 2020 or 2021. So like they they like sports science and sports development have come on so much since these players were playing as well. And I just hope that the court case isn't going to be going off modern day findings. I hope it's going off the information they had at the time of these playing, which I'm sure it will be. So it'll be an interesting time. And finally, who have you got next week? Oh, Wigan. <laughs> oh, so it doesn't even get better. Yeah, inform Wigan. Fantastic. Yeah, I was gonna. Uh, well, I was gonna say for next week but I, I, I'm not going to ask that question <laughs> I want to end it on a, on a slightly more positive note and just keep thinking of that new stand Yeah, that's all yeah. I can say to you at least now you've got school benches rather than yeah. plastic chairs yeah. Yeah, the less of that, thank you, done it. Um, <laughs> did you, did you, did you like how when when you guys came to Saints? I don't know if you seen my tweet that the, they they had the plastic chairs out for the subs. <laughs> I was like, they're making you feel at home. Don't worry about it. They were that's, new. That's something. At least they weren't and, from Chernobyl like ours were. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, as well, like if you're gonna put the chairs out, okay, I get it. That we don't have much bench space. But at least clean them. Like, at least get the jet wash out, pal. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, it was. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't great. But um, yeah. Next week, <laughs> I'm. I'm kind of. Like, well, I am accepting that we're going to get beat, but at the same time, I'm kind of hoping we do, and then it forces the club into a decision on Apple Gav because I don't believe they're going to get rid of him today. So, um. I know I'm one, and I've been saying it with Wellens that, you know, eight, nine games isn't enough to judge anyone that's a new starting coach. I think with Applegarth's situation, it's slightly different to Wellens. I think, yeah, I think with Wellens, you can sort of get away with it because you're not going to get relegated. You might have one bad season with him and you can work out where his coaching is going and his style of play. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're watching a team now that plays... That in pre-season he talked about playing this expansive, free-flowing rugby, trying to get the ball out and, and 
nearly choked on my drink then. Yeah, I know, I know. But this is what I mean. So we're we're excited for the season, thinking, all right, we might have less quality, but if we throw it a bolt, we might like Salford do. No one can tell me that that Salford squad is a brilliant squad. They play a brand of rugby that suits that team, and it improves their results. Whereas we're playing the most turgid. Give it to it's it's. Both wingers take a drive, one of the centres takes a drive, one of the props takes a drive, kick the ball along. That is all we do. And it, you don't need to be a genius to know that that's not going to work, whether he's a rookie coach or not. Yeah, I think that's the problem. I think when the fans can start predicting the plays, that is when the problems come into it. Because if we can predict it, then a, an opposition coach definitely can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, anyway, would you like to promote anything? Uh, just my Twitter, I guess. We'll just uh, down at Bellevue. Um, you'll find me mainly taking the piss out of my own team or taking the piss out of other teams or just reacting to when Johnny's taking the piss out of us. So, um, <laughs> I'd like to Matt think I'm worth a follow. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt is a, a very good follow on Twitter. He's... Um... He was one of the one of the good guys when I was giving out banter to Wakefield fans. He 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 didn't he didn't bite. He, he you know he he was enjoying and laughing along with it. So that uh, I I always because there's a Wakefield fan called Longy Ben Long and uh, he's 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 one of the good guys. But I got a couple of huge bites off him last year and it was so funny. It was so funny at the time. He even went to me, he went, yeah, about three months later when he realised that I just care about the club, <laughs> about the fans and not the actual club. And he was just like, yeah, it was a bit harsh. Sorry, mate. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's all right, lad. It's, it's, it's he, was, he was probably deserved. Me and Longy are the ones that do the um, predictions league for um, the Loose Forward podcast. Um and we're at, we're in fifth because I think we both just keep predicting Wakefield to get battered, and no one else seems to be putting the scores as high as we are. <laughs> yeah, I think a, a messenger did that because after their last pod, it was just simple, and, and like everyone had like Wakefield to lose by whatever, and it was just like, and our Wakefield fan down at Bellevue, he's gone just Wakefield to lose by twenty, <laughs> and Andy predicted you to win. Oh, I know, I can't believe it. When we played Saints, was it Saints the other week? Um, when we yeah. Played, yeah, when we played Saints the other week, I think I put Wakefield to lose by 50. So I think I had the highest prediction against Wakefield that week. Yeah, you did. So <laughs> if, that, if that doesn't get your confidence up, I don't know what will. <laughs> so anyway, I'd like to thank you, Matt, for joining us for this hour and 20 special it's uh it's it's been a long one but a good one i feel like we've covered a lot you you've 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 actually not ranted as much as as much as i hoped i was hoping for a bit of anger and passion <laughs> this this was a defeated man yeah. <laughs> who, who <Well>. also is <laughs> a lovely person so thank you very much matt for recording and this yeah. has been the ramblings of a saint podcast i'm johnny lou and i'll see you soon